Today is today's daf is Nuntas fifty nine, and today is year the tenth of May fourth, twentieth day of the Omer, learning of the something's wrong with my sound. One second, learning of today's daf is Leila Nishmas. Of Yitzchak Tzvi, Chaim Yosef, Nisham should have an Aliyah from our learning here in the virtual Hollywood Shtibel. Um, here we go. Really starting a shorter Ahmed, but let that fool you. It's a plenty to cut. The Gemara was looking for ways of understanding how could it be that a bell without the clapper could still be considered a vessel for Toma and Tahira purposes, which overlapped in many instances with Shabbos. Says the Gemara, three lines from I will start from the top line, as being as it is that you, Rabbi said that you can still make noises by taking the shell of bell and banging against chaos, against pottery, it is uh, entirely possible for it to be a keli, a noise-making vessel, which, which is what its original intent was. Um, says the says the uh, said the same thing that you can uh, you can only you can just use it as a noisemaker with a different capability suggested another use the shell of the bell, and that would be that you can use it to fill up with water for a child, like a some sort of baby bottle. Yechon says the Gemara, how could Yechon involve himself and give that answer? Is Yechon not insistent that if you want to make something daily? For Tuma and Tahira purposes, to consider it a vessel, doesn't it have to still be able to perform what it was originally constructed for and not just any type of? Says the Gemara about Tanya, we learned in a Baisa, therefore it wouldn't suffice, Rabbi uh, Yechelen, to just say the fact that it has a use still vessel would not suffice to make it a vessel, which is Makabal Tuma. Learned in a brisa which extrapolates from a pasuk in Vayikra, where we said any mattress that you lie on it that becomes tame if a tame person lies on it, and any item which you sit on it becomes tame. Yachayil kapa sa kipa sa yoshevaya kipa tame. So you might think that it doesn't matter. Um, that uh, 
if, if you uh, turned a, any type of vessel of a saw and, uh, or a half a saw, that you just turned everything into a chair and the zav, somebody's tame sitting on it, it would become tame, tamed and teaches us to the contrary. That it has to be misha, the, the vessel has to be misha teaches us the item which we're the talking about that becomes somebody's impure sits on it it has to be because that was an item that was meant for sitting ever and Lazar taught that it was only dealing with like a medras which is a some sort of uh, well, a Thomas Medris, which is walking on it. But Tom uh, and we don't make such a, dif- a differentiation. It's specifically made for lying or sleeping on a knot. My man, himself is the one who explained that Brisa and taught us that that even by somebody's tummy because they came in contact with a corpse the uh, it's no since you're just taking a vessel and making it into a makeshift gear or mattress it's not its real purpose it doesn't become tummy and the bell as well yes can you do things with it sure you can still do things with it but Rabbi Yechon explicitly explained the Brisa to tell us that it has to be the vessel is performing its original duties in order for it to be macabre and remove the clapper of the bell. Says the Gemara, flip around the first machokis to say that in fact that was. So if you go back to the second and third line of our Gemara, if you go back to the second and third line, you'll uh, see the first Rabbi Yossi Vachanina answered Baba, and we want to switch around that name, Rabbi Yossi Vachanina, for Rabbi Yechanan. And that Rabbi Yechanan was in agreement with Rabbah that the reason why a bell is still considered, the reason why a bell is considered a keli is because it has the ability to make noises just like it did originally by knocking against it with a piece of cheres. And therefore, according to Rabbi Yechanan, even according to Raisa, it would be it would be performing its original duties and it would be tame. And this answer that we said, that even though it doesn't perform its original duties of being a noisemaker, like what a bell is supposed to do, and yet we still say that it is tame. That is an di- entirely different opinion. That is Rabbi Yaisi Bar Chanina. As the Gemara Umay Chazes, 
who told you to flip the first Raisa, Raisa, maybe that second explanation, uh, the explanation of Raisa, which came second, maybe that's the one that should be really, uh, that's the one that should be flipped. And Rabbi Yechanan perhaps never said what, what we want to say, he said, that you cannot, that you can not, it doesn't become tough anymore if it's not in its original form. As the Gemara, no, we don't want to retract that Rebbechan is the Amira whose opinion that the item needs to perform its original duty in order for it to become Tame, because we have another Brysa which collaborates with that. That is Rebbechan's opinion. Tanya, as we I'm just, uh, now my fancy, uh, it's actually a Mishnah, a horseshoe or something used for a animal to walk when there's um, sharp items on the floor. made out of metal, so it's a vessel. It becomes Tame, says the Gemara. If it's not, uh, if it's not being worn by the animal, what value does it have? As long as, and uh, furthermore, it's only if if it's a cable which is only fit for a horse, um, then it's not at all considered a vessel. Besides being a, uh, a, 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 a for an animal and a tasha for an animal, clothing for an animal does not have the status of a vessel. As Gemara, I'm a rab, so rab the Mishnah, as you may drink water out of it in a war. Um, I guess with some sort of uh, antique flask that it's used for. It's a little interesting. Uh, who's drinking out of it? At the end of the day, if you're at war and you need something to hold your water, you will use whatever you can. Um, it, you can take the horseshoe, which I guess had grooves, and fill up from a lake or something and drink from it. Rabbi Hanina taught us that you can use it to hold oil, to smear oil on yourself during a war. So we see that it has a utility as a service for a human being as well. That when you run away from the bottom of Nun Summit Aleph 59A, lines to the bottom, that when you run away from, from the front line of war, from your enemies of war, so the being can also somehow attach it to his own foot to allow him to run over thorns and. Uh, branches and stuff that will get him back to safety. So therefore, it's Makabal Tumma because it has a human as well. What's the difference? What are they arguing about? Rav and Hanina are arguing about the something which is, uh, since at the end of the day, 
who wants to drink from a horseshoe, from an animal's foot, so you'll use it to oil, but not something that you're going to actually drink. And what's the machlik has been Rabbi Yechel or Panina? It could be not you, the yak, and the is that if something is heavy, so therefore um, you'll oil, but it's not really a practical shoe. It requires that you actually have the ability to use it as a shoe. So we see from there a clear uh, proof. We see from there a clear proof that in order for a keli to be considered a uh, vessel, it has to be that you can run like it was originally to be a form of a shoe. And the same thing will apply when it comes to a bell which has to be available in its original use in order for it to be that it can, uh, that, that it, and not that you can just come up with some other intended use. Says the Gemara, and not with a this is going back on the Mishnah, we're on the second line from the end of the line A, and wanna, we want to um, we want to understand better what are these items that a woman may not walk out with or may walk out with on Shabbos. So we said literally into a city of gold. This is something that she would wear Says the Gemara, my beer shows up, is ear shows What is ear shows up? I'm a rabbi, Baba Hanan, Rabbi Hanan, Yerushalayim did the Hava, Jerusalem of gold. Now we know where the source of uh, uh, saying and the wording, Jerusalem of gold, Yerushalayim shows up. It's, uh, it's obviously a crown or something. Yeah, Naomi Shemer sang that. Naomi Shemer, my wife says. That's the song Jerusalem of Gold. Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay, there you go. Very famous. The inspiration for it. Um, okay. Could the Rabbi Akiva Ledebisu says the Gemara, the top of 59, like Rabbi Akiva would make for his daughters. Uh, Rashi says that. This story was in the Sechnes Nehem. Rashi over here doesn't really explain what it is, just a depiction of Yerushalayim. Gemara um, is not done yet. Tosis on Amad Aleph says that it, uh, that it was a very, it wasn't like a regular headband, or like a, uh, but more like a crown. It's like a crown with Yerushalayim in the, so, uh, with the design of Yerushalayim. That probably didn't have the mask. Okay, Tanur Abanan says the Gemara, the top line of Muntas Amid Zahav. The Brisa taught us a woman may not walk around on Shabbos with the Ir Shalzahav. So, obviously, it was not really going to be two reasons for it, right? Uh, Either it's going to be because it's not considered like a garment, or we're worried that 
something will cause her to carry it on Shabbos, even if it is like a garment, like we had with the towels of a man and other and things of a servant. It's going to be the same uh, factors. But if she did go out, so it's a Isidara according to the Tanakhama, to wear this uh, Jerusalem of gold uh, uh, decoration on one's head. That's Rabbi Meir's opinion. However, the Chacham disagreed. Although she may not go out with it, but there's no Isidar Raisa, there's no Chatas for walking in the street and a Roshosa Rabbim on Shabbos with it. As I remember, even more lenient, that even she can with it. So this is unusual. You have on the one hand, you have three opinions and three Jews, actually, not two Jews, but three Jews and three opinions. And one of them holds it's a forbidden midrash, right? So one holds it's a What they arguing about? Rabbi May says the Gemara about six lines down. The mayor clearly holds that it's not considered a garment, but rather a load. Uh, if it's a load, like, uh, you know, it's too hard to, uh, it, it wouldn't be a regular item that would you would wear as clothing or as a jewelry. Therefore, it's carrying on Shabbos. I see uh, in one of my notes that the, the Ramban says she's not wearing it. Jewelry may be very heavy as well, or uh, you know, a headpiece, but it decorates, it makes, it, it, it looks nice on the person. Here, Yushalayim, Ir Shazav was really just uh, just to show off how much gold and they would make the gold into Yushalayim Shazav. So if you're just showing off your gold, that's like carrying it around. You're like showing it to everybody. The Rashad explains and in fact it was uh, once Kavim said that it was forbidden, so then they hold that it was not a Takshit anymore. It could be that the person wearing it thought it was a piece of jewelry, but once you find the mission where the Chacham said you can't wear it, then therefore you, uh, it's treated like non-jewelry. Rabban and Savi, what's the middle opinion? Takshit, that of course it is a garment, uh, but, uh, a garment, but we have a special concern here. Since it's such a ornate, such a different piece of jewelry, we're afraid that maybe she'll come and take it off to show people a which is a rabbin and she'll end up carrying it. Who is the one who wears the ear of such a fancy ornate piece of jewelry? Isha Chashuva, a very distinguished woman. Chashuva, like Mishla, a very Chashuva woman. No, she doesn't have to take off her. Uh, jewelry to show off to others how uh, wealthy she is or how good taste she has. The people uh, look at her and they don't need, she doesn't need jewelry to get uh, popularity. So therefore, it's, he holds that uh, there's no worry she's going to come off. It would be absurd to think that a prestigious woman try and gain popularity or have to show off her jewelry in such a fashion. Um, says the Gemara. 
Rav, Kulila, what's a Kulila was something else that we mentioned back on Nun, Zayat, Amid, Aleph. No, actually, we did not mention a Kulila in our Mishnah. So Kulila was a discussion that comes uh, right after, Kulila uh, is a discussion that comes as it's connected to such a type of a, of a fancy head piece, fancy piece, which is not not really jewelry. Um, Rav, uh, Rav, Shmuel Shari. Rav permitted it, and Shmuel permitted it. And uh, I think it's some type of headband. Um, Rashi explains al pedachta with the forehead because goes from ear to ear across her forehead. And some of them were made out of like, and some were made out of silk with diamonds uh, woven in. So the anischa, if it's anischa, Rashi says, anischa. Um, is pure, uh, uh, it's uh, made out of gold or silver. It's a band, a gold or silver band that goes across her forehead. Also that it seems like everybody would agree that it's forbidden. Um, I guess Rashi explains because it's so chashiv, we're afraid she'll take it off to show people how much gold she has, how, how, how prestigious she is. When do they argue when it was made out of a, a thread that had in it golden diamonds, but the item itself wasn't made out of pure gold? It is what is considered uh, what is considered the primary value or item. If you tell me that uh, it's the it's something which she would show off to her friends, the gold and the diamonds that are woven in it, that's the main reason why people wear these bands, show off the gold and diamonds. So then that's a problem. Of, uh, of uh, she may come to carry it on Shabbos. But if you tell me the main is the band of silk and that's why she's really wearing it, just the golden diamonds are to embellish it, and she's not. We're not afraid she's taking it. Ravashi masna lakula darukta lakula. Ravashi learned that previous dispute in a different fashion, where everything was uh, well, uh, uh, to be lenient. Darukta, if it's made out of uh, wheat. Uh, we argue, of course, she's not going to take it off to shut it off. The whole dispute is where it's made out of gold and silver. One opinion is that maybe she'll take it off and show it off to her friends, but we can't allow it on Shabbos. The other opinion is that only a very chashim woman wears a band of gold and silver with diamonds in it, and therefore she's not going to come to take it off to show it off to people. That's not classy. Only Rav Shmuel bar Rav Chana bar Bar Chana. 
Well, here we're going to come to the political, uh, politi- to the politics. If Shmuel Barbachan or Lurab Yosef, if Shmuel said to Rab Yosef, the Ferish Amitlam Mishmei the Rav Kliva Shari, did you hear this that the Kliva is permissible according to Rav explicitly from him? Or did you uh, hear it in a way where it was not as explicit? So, Amrulay, Rav, also got a Rav, Aricha. Sorry, I want to back that up. Amalei Reb Shmuel by Hanel Reb Yosef. Shmuel said to Reb Yosef, Reb Yosef is the one who know in the Gemara that uh, he got sick and had all his learning. So Reb Shmuel by Hanel told Reb Yosef, the Feirish Amritlan that you taught us explicitly you taught us before you got Mishmeh the Rav in the name of Rav, your Rebbe, Rav Klila Shari, that Klila is permissible. So we're reminding you that uh, you used to hold that uh, to be legal. Amrulei Rav, Asa Gavar Rav, Arichel and Arda, Umatla Umatla, so they, that they told Rav that there was a uh, Distinguished man, there was a distinguished man who came, um, who came to, uh, who came and taught, and the man had a limp, uh, 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 and he made and he taught. And this distinguished man who came from. Uh, who came to us with a limp that uh, came to Narda? Who was that? That was Levi. Levi had a, a limp. Man, Gavar, Rabba, Richa, the Itla, the Itla. Who is the great one who limped? It was Levi. So Levi's the one who taught you probably that uh, that that uh, that, that Rab was the meaning. Shemami Nas, that's the Gemara. Here, Mech Nafshe Diabi Ephes, Yasreb Chanina Beresha, Leyave Leinish Levi, Lemesid Gadol. The Gemara wants to learn out from here a little, uh, a little Jewish history, a little uh, Gemara history. That when Rabbi Ephes passed away, Rabbi Chanina became the Roshiva, Levi couldn't go and sit. In front of Rabbi Chanina, so uh, I guess there, I, I don't understand fully the exact story over there, but uh, Levi would sit with Rabbi Chanina outside the, <coughs> as long as this was um, when Levi came to Israel, so why was he not no longer in the Yeshiva together with Rabbi Chanina? Obviously, Rabbi Chanina became the Rosh Hashiva. Levi didn't want to stay there and challenge his authority or accept his authority. I'm not sure. So it didn't make sense for him. He wasn't going to be appointed Rosh Hashiva. So it didn't make sense for him 
to uh, stay there, so he left the town and he traveled to Nahadah. Ukaasi, and he came here to Yerushalayim. Dilma, as the Gemara, so that's basically we're, we're drawing a political landscape from um, the fact that Lady Lady came and taught us that uh, and taught us and, and taught us that halacha. So as the Gemara, who said that's really what happened? Maybe it wasn't Rabbi Ephes who died. Maybe it was Rabbi Chanina who died. Rabbi Ephes could the Kari Kari. Rabbi Ephes remained with Shashiva. And Levi lost his chavrus. Levi was not going to go inside the base medrash like he didn't do in the past when Reb Chanina was still alive. Um, I guess he didn't want to, and therefore, uh, and that's why he came to Naradah. Well, that's not probable because Levi didn't have any reason not to go learn from Rabbi Ephes. Hanina is the one who had a reason not to go into this medrash because he didn't want to become subject to Rabbi Ephes's Shiva. So Levi stayed outside to uh, keep him company. But Levi himself would have had no problem going in to learn by the Shiva Rabbi Ephes. The Sud Rabbi Hanina was the Sud and further. Yeah, it can't be that Rabbi Ephes is the one who lived. Rabbi Chanina lo sagid lo molach. The chiyav akonicha nafshei the Rabbi. It has Rabbi Chanina has to have not yet had the chance to be the Rosh Hashiva. So therefore, he couldn't have died yet because Rabbi Huda Nasi when he was dying told everybody the Amr Chanina bar Chama Yosef Barosh. It says that Chanina Bahama Anasi taught us that Khanina Bahama is going to become the Rosh Hashiva and he didn't yet have his turn. And we know that it says that what Sadiq that whatever Sadiqim say will become established. And therefore, Rabbi Khanina said he had to have a turn as Rosh Hashiva. Being that he was not yet Rosh Hashiva, it's probable that Rabbi Ephes died. Rabbi Chanina became Rosh Hashiva. Levi, who had been a Chavrusa, did not want to stick around to learn from his Chavrusa as Rosh Hashiva. He had already studied with him and uh, he didn't want to be there. So he left and came to Narda. Um, uh, Darish Levi ben Adah. What did he teach us all in Narda? The first thing he taught us was clearly was that this this item which a woman wears across her forehead is permissible to be worn on Shabbos. Immediately, Mara says that very Shabbos that that heter came uh, right away to women who wore, put on the klilas and went out to Rabin They were very excited that lady came to give them heterim that their local rabbis had given them until that point. Darish Rabbi Barabua says the Gemara, the first wide line uh, of the Nun Tesama days, 59b, the Mechuzah Klila Shari, 
So Rabbi Baravua came to a place called Mezuzah, and he also taught the same thing, that uh, Khalilah became committed immediately, all the women who had been waiting for a real person to show up and come, and not to rely on their local authorities. So they were very excited that he came to their town. And he taught them that uh, a heter, the Nafkutmanisari, clearly and from one street, 18 women came out wearing the klila. Uh, so they were very excited to have this pattern. Um, ultimately, we welcome Tamid Chacham, especially ones that come and bring us uh, good Hatarim. Amar Ab Yehuda, Amar Ab Shmuel. Imara Shari. Imra. A kimra is mutter. What is a kimra? A kimra is a type of uh, either it's a gold belt, mamish made out of real gold, or it's a gold with uh, precious stones in it. As it serves a purpose as a belt, therefore it's permissible. Some said that it was talking about where it wasn't mamish made out of gold, but it has it uh, was made out of fabric and it had some gold in it, a little bit cheaper. There was explained that it's the same thing. What we call a golden cloak, we don't mean the whole cloak is made out of gold, but rather uh, it's woven with gold, so therefore it's considered made out, made out of gold. In fact, it was entirely made out of metal. And that was apparently something that kings would wear where it was all made out of uh, real gold. So that's a uh, case somebody runs out of uh, here, the jewelry to buy, they, they, maybe their wife has so many necklaces and uh, the bracelets, and she wants something bigger. They used to have belts where the entire belt was made out of gold. Maybe the price of gold was a lot cheaper. I don't know. So Ravina asked him, What's with a uh, golden belt, one of these fancy belts, that you're anyway wearing another belt? What's the big Shaila? Uh, just talking about two belts. Certainly, one of them is extra. So, and the Gemara concludes the discussion of, of belts and headbands with uh, a, a short, a resuka is like a short coat, we call it a car coat. So if it, ha- if it has uh, straps to tie it, you can wear it. But if not, um, then you can't. Why not? Uh, we're afraid, I guess, that you take it off and carry it around. But if it's tied up with straps, person, then it's permissible. Um, I, I think the, 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 the discussion on a trench coat that has buttons and also has a belt that's not so long, the, I think there is some discussion 
as to whether people should be machmer, use the belt on Shabbos, if there's no Arab, that's a, a question that comes up in practical Shabbos, especially as one of the red belt on your clothing, and it certainly doesn't need the belt, and it's not attached, would that be a problem on, and if it's not tied, would that be a problem on Shabbos? So there is more to discuss on there's, there's another there's another uh, one on um, same topic is uh, Gartel wearing a Gartel when you're already wearing a belt under Rosh Hashanah as a chuba on that topic uh, I haven't looked recently but I'd imagine you say it's a Skamara okay. uh, well that's not fair because the Mishnah so that would be a more fair uh, debate. <laughs> but yeah, I hear. I hear. And it's not fair to say Ramosha was a Lutheran person. It wasn't like that back then. The, the rabbis came to Ramosha Feinstein was the rabbi of all this from Halacha. There was no question about it. Beloi uh, Bukatala says the Gemara, let's go back to the case in the Mishnah. One of the cases mentioned. The katala, which is uh, uh, like a choker, a katala, min katala says the Gemara, katala is a uh, actually a minake pe'eru, like a, a something like a small bib that hangs from the neck. Nizamim, what are what type of rings are we talking about? Nizme those rings and not earrings. He said in the Mishnah, back on Nun Zion Amaral, that uh, women may not wear katala or nizamim. And Rosh Hashanah is referring to no rings and a bib-like uh, necklace. And not with a ring that doesn't have a signet to it, a signature ring. So a signature ring would be permissible, but other rings would not be permissible. Um, just to explain, Rashi says the problem with the nose ring um, is because it comes out very easily. Uh, the ear, regular earrings don't come out easily, but a nose ring which comes out very easily, I guess we feel that either it's not, a, not considered like you're wearing it, like it's attached, or... Uh, or, or it's uh, too easy to take off, not sure. It could be a nose ring, which had the same type of uh, closure as an earring would be permissible. But back to the Gemara. You're telling me that if ring, which uh, has a seal on it, that should be so going back to our Mishnah, just to understand the wording over here, uh, we said uh, that a woman The Mishnah said that all those cases, there's no chatas, it's only a drabanam, but it implies that there is a case similar to those cases where there would be a chi of chatas. So as the Gemara, the sum of that case is if it had a signet on it, then it would be chai of a chatas. 
because it's considered a piece of jewelry or it's considered a practical stamp. You're carrying around your stamp. You're just wearing it on your finger. I'll bring you a contradiction that will bring from Tomentahira again, back to Mishnah and Kalim. That jewelry of women are, of course, are considered vessels and could become tame. And what are they? the following? Katlois, the bibs that we mentioned, the zamim, nose rings, tabois, rings, the tabos, so we said both earrings, rings which have a signet, uh, rings which don't have a signet. But, and uh, nose rings are all considered vessels to be Makabal Toma. So therefore, Shabbos as well, we know about this relationship between what con- what's considered a vessel or a jewelry for uh, Toma purposes should be considered a garment, a jewelry for Shabbos purposes as well. Says the Gemara, In fact, you're correct that there is a correlation between Tuma, Tahira, and Shabbos. However, these braces are authored by different opinions. And this is back to a familiar discussion that we already had on Nun Beis, just about a week ago. If the ring, the base of the ring is made out of metal, but the signature piece, which prints the signature, is made out of almug, is made out of coral or rock, something which would be used to create a signature. But if it's vice versa, where the main part of it is stone and therefore is not a keli, even though it has a signature attached, Tanakama, the first opinion in the Mishnah. Reb Nechemia holds no difference, and they're both Tamei. By a ring, you uh, judge the status of the ring uh, by following the seal, as that's ultimately why you're wearing the ring. The, the, the round piece that goes around your finger is there just, uh, is really there just to hold the signature. The signature piece is the main thing. You know, it reminds me of people used to have Shabbos keys. So in, if you lived in an area where there was no area, you either had a Shabbos belt to hold your key, or you didn't carry a key, you hid it under a rock or a doormat by your house, or you uh, had a tie pin, a tie clip, and the tie clip was in the shape of a key, and it was clipped onto your tie. So the piece of the clip is not really the main part of the vessel of the key, but rather the actual key. So the same signature uh, when it comes to a yoke of an animal so you want it's made of multiple materials so you want to know what determines whether it could become tame or not what material so the you, it goes after the some salmon of which is the the rod um, it was uh, it had holes in it used to put these rods through to stick the yoke on the animal. So the rods are what determined the uh, the, the status of the yoke. There was Makabotum or not. Kailov says the Gemara on the top of Samach By a board which is hanging, so you a shelf, so you pull the nails, the sulam, uh, you look at the nails, the sulam of ladder, 
you look at the rungs of the ladder, what they're made out of. Ba'arsa, large uh, uh, chain, uh, scales, scales. If you look at the, what the chains are made out of, that's what gives the item its functionality. Functionality. disagree. If you want to determine a vessel which is made out of multiple items, whether it's tummy or not, you look at what supports it, what's holding it up. Either way, the Gemara says we have a resolution to the contradiction. You want to say is a, 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 a signet ring worn by a woman permissible to be worn on Shabbos, or do we consider it to be uh, really not a jewelry but a functional piece of uh, functional keli, and therefore it would be like carrying on Shabbos? That really is subject, like it seems to imply from the Mishnah Kalim. And Gemara resolves that by saying that 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 Mishnah Kalim is only according to the opinion of Rabbi Nechemia. And Rabbi Nechemia is the one uh, who says that you look at the, it's not considered a piece of jewelry, since the main reason why a person would be wearing it is for the signatory value that provide your signature upon request, upon need. Therefore, it's not jewelry, and it would be considered carrying on Shabbos. Whereas according to the Chacham, according to our Mishnah, we don't necessarily judge a ring by the signature, and therefore it could be regarded as a regular ring and a piece of jewelry, which is permissible to be worn on Shabbos. Yash Hayach.